This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity and privilege it is to be able to sit where the Word of God is coming forth. And so, Father, we thank you that as the Word of God comes forth tonight, Father, I thank you that it falls on good ground, that it takes root in each and every one of our hearts, Lord God, and produces a hundredfold return in our bodies, in our minds, and in every area of our lives, Lord God. Father, we honor you tonight, Lord God, by shifting our focus completely on you and gleaning what it is that you would have us to glean tonight. So, Father, we thank you for what you're about to do in our lives, what you're about to do in our bodies, and we thank you for the days ahead because you are faithful. We thank you for all these things, and it's in your precious name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, if you have your Bible, hopefully everyone has a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles in the back. Um, Feel free to grab one. Um, I'm going to encourage you, if you don't have anything to take notes with, we have sheets of paper, we have pens back there, because how many of you know that it's important to get the scriptures down on the inside of you? Okay, thank you, Miss Kay. You, you understand, right? How, how many of the rest of you understand that it's important for us to get the Word of God on the inside of us? Yes. It, it's not good enough for me just to, to hang on to the Word of God that Miss Joy shares or Miss Janet shares. I've got to get the Word of God on the inside of me if it's going to produce in my life. And so I want to encourage you to write them down, but don't, not only write them down, once you write them down, get them on the inside of you. That's how they get written on the inside of you is by going over them and memorizing them and, and, and meditating on the scriptures. We want you to get the word of God on the inside of you because when the word of God gets on the inside of you, it begins to produce healing in your body. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So if you can't tell, I, I, I'm excited. So um, let's hold our Bibles up. We're going to make our confession together as one big family. Say, just repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. It's God's word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. And I love to read my Bible. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, tonight I wanted to share a little differently from a standpoint of, I believe, I believe before you buy into someone, you have to get to know who they are. You know, I remember when we first came uh, to Houston and I was working for a company and Things were a lot tough, a, a, a very difficult, and, a, and a, lot, a lot of things were going wrong. And I remember they brought someone in for me to work for, and I didn't know this guy. I mean, he just came in and just started barking orders. And at first, I was a little put off by it. I'm like, who does, who does this guy think he is? Barking orders and telling people what to do and where to go. And, and, and so I started to call around and ask questions about him and, you know, tell me what he's about. Help me to understand his heart. You know, give me some background on him. And as people began to tell me things about him, it gave me kind of a point of reference. And so then, when I was around him, I began to look for those things. Is he about the employees? You know, is, is, is he going to be my champion? Is he someone who's going to back me up? Is he going to be someone who's going to support me through thick and thin? I was looking for the things that people said about him. And as I began to, to get close to him and get to know him, those things became a reality to me. And now, my relationship with him wasn't based off of what someone else said. It was based off of my own experience. Does that make sense? I believe that in order for us to be able to experience healing, wholeness, restoration, anything, we have to get to know who God is for ourselves. We have to come up close to him. But sometimes it starts with 
listening to what someone else says, says about him. And, and so tonight, I just want to start off a little differently and share some things about who God is. The first thing I wanted to share is this. I want you to know that God, that he's a comforter. He is a comforter. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. God wants to comfort us. He loves us. He says he's the God of all comfort. He will be there for us through thick and thin because that's who he is. Not only is he a comforter, but God's always, he's, he's also faithful. Did you know he's faithful? In Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says, and, and I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you tonight, so pardon me. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who, who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. It says, God, he's God. And guess what? He keeps covenant with us and steadfast love. Why? Because he's faithful. In 2 Timothy 2.13, it tells us that if we are faithless, guess what? He remains faithful. His faithfulness is not based on us, how we walk, how we act. It says he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. And then finally, Numbers 23.19 says, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Has he spoken it? And will he not fulfill it? Why? Because he's a faithful God. He comforts us and he's faithful. I love it because you know what? The same God who moved in scriptures is alive and well today. The same God who moved in the life of Miss Janet and Miss Joy and, and, and all countless people is the same God who wants to move in my life. Why? Because he's faithful. Do you get that? He comforts us and he's faithful. He's also a healer. We've got to understand that. He's a healer. And guess what? He's not a reluctant healer. He's a willing healer. And I think that's important for us to understand. God is willing to heal us. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might not die to sin and live to righteousness and by his wounds you have been healed. Do you understand that so you, that you and I could be healed and walk in wholeness and good health, God himself says he himself bore our sins. He himself. He could have easily said, you know what? Hey, Derek, I'm going to tag you in. I want you to go and I want you to bear the sins of the world. And he knew Derek would have been like, ha ha, no way. No, he himself did it. Why? Because he loves us. Because he's a faithful God. And he did it for all of us. Not just one person. For all of us. So that we might live. You know, for me personally, I love pictures of things. And, and, and I, I got a picture of a father's love uh, right before Christmas holidays. I don't know if you heard, there was a... Uh, there was a plane crash in Michigan uh, on November 13th. It was five occupants of a plane, and 
the plane uh, crashed over a place called Beaver Lake in Michigan, and uh, there was one survivor, an 11-year-old girl. And the girl says the last thing she remembers was her father looking at her and wrapping his arms around her. She said her father gave her the biggest bear hug she's ever had. And the next thing she knew is she woke up in the hospital. She now knows and she's telling everyone that her father gave his life for her. Doctors said that because he held her so tight, he protected her from the impact and saved her life. Guys, do you know that we serve a God who took his arms and wrapped it around all of humanity and bore the brunt so that we might live? That's a faithful God, a loving God, a God who loves each and every one of us so that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Jeremiah 33, 6 says this, Behold, I will bring to it health and healing, and I will heal them and reveal to them an abundance of prosperity and security. He's a healer. He wants to bring healing and health to us. Psalm 41, 3 says, The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. Do you realize that you can be bedridden and sick and the doctors say there's nothing else that we can do, but the scriptures tell us that he can restore us even in that hour? There is no one who's too far gone for the Lord. You understand that? None of us are. Why? Because he loves us all the same and he's a willing healer. And then finally, Psalm 147.3 says this, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Sometimes we need healing on the inside. But he's a God who heals. So he comforts us. He's faithful. He heals us. And what I found is, is once you know someone's character and makeup, you then have to decide, am I going to buy into this for myself? Do I believe all that I'm hearing and all that I'm reading and all that I'm saying? Well, if you're not convinced yet, let me give you a few other things about God. Malachi 3.6 tells us he never changes. He says, I am the Lord, I do not change. Why is that important? Because if you read it in Scripture, guess what? That means he can do it again. If you come to healing class and you hear a story from someone speaking, guess what? He can do it again. Why? Because he doesn't change. Psalm 34.8 tells us he's good. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't know what happened, but I'm hearing more and more in circles and, and, and people all over the place who are saying, God's bringing this on people. God's bringing this on people. God's bringing... Guys, God is good. And that's final. That's where it ends. He's good. And we need to hold on to that. Scriptures also tell us he's just... He's right, and he's perfect in all he does. In Deuteronomy 32.4, it says, The rock, his work is perfect for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. And then it also tells us he's merciful, he's compassionate, and he's kind. In Romans 9.15 and 16, it says, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then... It does not depend on the man who wills or the man who runs, 
but on God who has mercy. God loves you. But we have to know and believe these things about God for ourselves. You see, I, I learned it personally because in my life I've come up against situations, whether it was sickness or, or a lack or emotional or whatever, but really what helped me was the scripture in Hebrews, it's Hebrews 11.6 where it says, he who comes to God must first believe that he is. And I realized in my life I believed in God. I believed he was my Savior. That's what I believed he was. And you know what? He is. He's my Savior. But he's so much more than that, guys. So much more. Do you know God's a healer? Yes. Do you? Yes. And, and please don't say yes just because you think that's what I want to hear. When you say yes, it's, it, it should be a conviction from deep down. You know he's a healer. And no matter what comes against your body, he's a healer for you. Did you know he's the one who brings peace? Did you know he, he can restore you? He can lift up your head. He's so much. That scripture goes on and said that, that you must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You got to know he's not a God who just blesses and heals certain people. He's a God who wants to bless and heal you. And when you know that, things begin to turn around. But we have to have faith and trust in the one who we're following, in God. Why is that important? Four times, and, and I'm not going go to go to the scriptures, but I'll share these with you. In Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, and Hebrews 10.38, at four different times, the Bible tells us the just shall live by faith. Let's say, say it with me. The just shall live by faith. Who are the just? We are. So we're commanded to live by faith, to trust and believe in the one who's a comforter, in the one who's faithful, in the one who's a healer. We're commanded to do those things. Why? Because God knows that faith is important. I love that word faith. I also love the word trust. The word trust means this. It's an assured reliance on the character, the ability, the strength, the truth of someone or something. Can we rely on God's character? Yes. yes. Can we rely on his ability? Yes. Can we rely on his strength? Can we rely on his truth? Yes. We're called to trust in him, guys. I wanted to read a story together, and we're going to turn there in our Bibles. This one I'll slow down on. Matthew chapter 8. We're going to look at an, a healing account of Jesus. Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 5 through 13. Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. It says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. 
And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into utter darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. And then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. You got to ask yourself in this story. Nowhere before this did we hear Oh, the centurion was walking with Jesus the entire time and had a personal relationship. And at some point, somewhere along the way, he began to hear the stories of God's healing power, of who Jesus was, of all that he was doing. And then at some point, he began to have faith in the things and belief in the things that he was hearing. And at some point, he began to personalize it for himself. What I found is, is we have to, at some point, begin to develop our own faith and our own belief and our own trust in God in order to receive his healing mercies. Because if you don't develop your own faith, you could find yourself grabbing on to doubt and fear and unbelief, and it will hinder you from being able to receive from the Lord. Maybe you were like me at some point in your life. Has anyone ever put like the wrong gas in your car? No, I'm I'm the only idiot in the room. What happens if you put diesel in a car that doesn't have a diesel engine? You're going to have to get a new vehicle, right? When you put the wrong fuel in a vehicle, you end up damaging it. It doesn't operate like it was intended to operate because they are specific on what should go in to the vehicle. <coughs> Guys, do you realize you and I, we were not to allow, we were, we were not created to allow doubt and unbelief to live and fear to dwell and live inside of us? That we're supposed to be full of faith? And so we've got to do everything that we can to be full of God's faith. So where does faith come from? It comes from the Word of God. The Bible says it in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so if we're going to receive from God, we've got to feed on His Word. We've got to put the right fuel on the inside of us. 
The Word of God. Less of Google. The Word of God. Less of people who don't know God. The Word of God. We've got to feed on that. And when you begin to fill yourself up with faith, your spirit begins to grow. I can't do this justice like uh, Miss Joy and others can, but, but everyone in here, do you know we're a spirit with a soul living in a body? Right? Three part big. If you're not filling up on the word of God, your spirit man is not as strong as your soul and your body. Healing, peace, the things of God come from within. But if we're not feeding on the word, what's running the show is our flesh, is our emotions. You know, I... I <laughs> you know, the bad thing about teaching is, is you end up telling on yourself all the time. You, I, I remember when, when I had that bout with pneumonia and I was in the hospital and I was there and all day long people were talking about death and how lungs didn't function anymore, well anymore, blood clotting. They're talking all this doom and gloom and this negativity and the entire time I'm just, I'm filling up on all of it and my, my imagination is running wild. I'm thinking I'm going to die young, thinking I'm not going to make it out of the hospital thinking, you know, my wife's going to be a widow. She's probably going to marry some guy with a whole bunch of money. You know, I'm just thinking about all this stuff, right? And things weren't going well. In fact, I was struggling breathing, you know, and, and I just wasn't responding to everything that they were doing. I caught myself because I had a thought, and it was, the thought was, you dummy, you teach in healing class. Do you believe this stuff or not, you know? <laughs> And so I grabbed my, my Bible and I just began to, to read the scriptures and read the scriptures and get my stride back and, and, and fill on the script, feed on the scriptures. And I remember the doctor had come in one last time and she said, listen, Mr. Thompson, we're going to take one more x-ray. And if, if we don't see anything, any progress on this next x-ray, we're going to have to extract the fluid in, fluid in your lungs the old-fashioned way. And she pulled out this big old long needle. And I remember in my head, I was like, nope, the devil is a lie. You're not putting that thing in my body. Uh -uh. And so I got in the word, and, and I began to feed on the word and remember God's promises to me and began to, to really build my spirit, my faith back up. And I remember saying, you know what, God? You are a God who heals. And, Lord, I thank you that you're working in my body right now, healing me. And, Father, I thank you. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm feeding on the word, and then it became personal. I said, Father, I thank you that just like in the beginning, how you breathe the breath of life into man. I thank you, Lord, that right now you're breathing breath into my body right now and you're filling up my lungs. And as you fill up my lungs, that fluid has no place but to go. And Father, I thank you for that. And I began to personalize the word of God on the inside of me. Why? Because I was spending time getting in the word of God and faith was coming. Faith was coming. It was me and God now. Faith was coming. And I remember she came in. They, they wheeled me down. They, they went. We took that x-ray and my left lung was clear. No more fluid. All gone in one hour. And she's like, that doesn't happen. And I was like, with God. And I remember she said, well, we're going to monitor you, but we may be able to let you go home. As soon as she said that, I jumped out of bed, 
and I started putting clothes on. I took the gown off and didn't realize that it had no clothes on. And she's, <laughs> but I was, I was like, you know what? I'm healed. I don't want to stay in here. I want to go. And so she said, well, you have a lot of energy. Maybe we ought to let you go. And so I ended up going home that night. What changed? You know, while I was there that day, they did say that they had other people who came in with pneumonia who weren't doing good, who weren't responding. The only difference between me and them was I found myself struggling, but then I realized that it was bigger than me, and so I went to the Scriptures and began to stand on and hold on to the Word of God and trust and believe the Lord and His Word. And can I tell you, the Lord is faithful. I am no better than anyone else, but God's faithful. And so we want to build our faith up and, and make sure that we have the right fuel on the inside of us. If we go back to our story, the centurion made a decision in the midst of his trial that Jesus was the answer and that he had the answer and that he needed to get to him. And, and so what did he do? It says he went to Jesus. When we get a diagnosis, when sickness attacks our body, we need to do everything that we can to get to Jesus. Come up close. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We're, we're, we're called to come to him. Maybe you're like me and in the natural, you try to figure things out on your own. Don't do that. God says, come to me. Come to me. And so when we come to him, there's a lot that happens. The centurion's actions initiated a response from God. Our faith response to come close to God in times of difficulty, it moves God to respond as well. In verse 7, verse 7, it said, after the centurion shared with Jesus what happened, Jesus said, I will come. So in faith, he went to Jesus. Jesus saw that act of faith, and Jesus said, I will come. Do you know when you act in faith, God moves toward you as well? James 4, 8 says this, come close to God and he will come close to you. Psalm 145, 18 says, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. Don't try to do things in your own strength. Go to Jesus, run to the Father. And then Hebrews 4, 16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Why? He's faithful, guys. And he will heal us. So the centurion came close to God, came close to Jesus. Jesus responded. And then in verse 8, we hear the centurion say this. He says, only speak a word. That's all you got to do. Just speak a word. Why do we harp on getting into the word of God, going to church services, coming in the healing class? Because we know the power that's in the word of God. It's important. But the centurion understood the authority that the word carried. The word of God spoken over your situation carries, it carries some weight. Do you know? That the word spoken over anything that doesn't line up with God, do you know the word has more power in it than that thing which is coming against you? 
God's word is powerful. I love it because Scripture tells us that it will not return void, but it will accomplish for the very purpose which he sent it. Doesn't the Scripture say that God sent his word to heal them? Doesn't it say that? So if he says it's going to accomplish for the very purpose which I sent it, and God said I sent my word to heal them, Could I say that God's word spoken over us can bring healing into our life? We want the word spoken over our situations and spoken over us. In Psalm 19, 7 through 11, it says this. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. The word of God is powerful. Psalm 119.89 says, Your eternal word, O Lord, it stands firm in the heavens. And Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God shall stand forever. That's how powerful his word is. But you and I, we have to have faith and trust and, and believe in those words. You see, when a doctor gives us a diagnosis of cancer, that word from the doctor can't have more weight than the word of God. Did you catch that in the story? Jesus looked at the centurion and said, be it done as you have believed. Do you know we can grab onto the wrong thing? We can grab onto a diagnosis and make that diagnosis ours? Because we believe that more than the word of God. God wants to see us healed and whole and restored. And in order for that to happen, we have to grab onto the word of God and believe and trust and have faith in that. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says this, Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which, of course, it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. My encouragement today is that you accept these words, not as words that I'm sharing, but as words from God, his scriptures, words for you. That if you'll grab onto them, they will begin to produce in your body, in your life, and in every area of your life. Why? Because God's faithful, guys. He's a good God. If he did it for the centurion servant, he'll do it for you and I. Healing is still available today if we'll believe it. So let me encourage you this, with, with this final thought. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. 
all of your heart. When you give something your all, is there room for anything else? And so we got to trust in the Lord, have faith in the Lord, believe in the Lord with all of our heart. There's no room for fear, no room for doubt. And don't depend on your own understanding. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you are an expert now on what it is that ails you because you've been on Google and Mayo Clinic and, and, and done your research. Don't lean on that. Don't rely on that. But seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. So we want to go all in with God, with our healing. And the final scripture here, Psalm 31, 19 says this, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, in the presence of the sons of men. Today I want you guys to know that God has laid up, the scripture says goodness, you could say rewards, you could say healing for those who fear him and for those who trust him. I don't know about you, but I want to be able to experience all that God has for me. And healing is one of those things. And if we'll believe him, if we'll trust him, healing will come into our lives. How many of you have kids? How many of your kids, when they were younger, loved Christmas? How many of your kids, when Christmas Day came around or Christmas Eve or whenever you open gifts, how many of your kids only open one gift? Maybe your kids were like my son. My son opened his gifts, his sister's gifts, my gifts. He just loved gifts, and so he opened everybody's gifts because in his mind, they were all his. You know that God has many things for us? Many, many things. Don't just receive the gift of salvation. Receive his gift of healing. Like really, really receive it. Go all in like my son Jonathan. Get it all. Why? Because the Father loves you and wants you to have it. And always remember, he bore our sins he took stripes on his back so you and I didn't have to. So let's fight to have that long life, that satisfying long life that he promises us in Scripture. Let's fight for that. Because we read the Scripture that if he said it, won't he do it? He will. Doesn't matter how good you are, how much of the gospel you know, you know by heart or whatever. He said, be it done unto you as you have believed. Just believe him. Make a decision that you're going to believe him no matter what. I had a guy in a class here at the church. The man was in his late 20s, and he admitted that until the age of 19, he believed there was Santa Claus. That blew me away. He said his friends argued him day and night about Santa Claus not being real. And it wasn't until age 19 when his mother told him Santa Claus wasn't real that he stopped believing. But he said he had made it up in his heart that Santa 
was real. When I asked why, he said, because Santa always gave me what he said he would give me. And so I believed him. Well, we all know Santa's not real, but God is. And do you know God will give you the things that he says he will give you if you'll only believe? Hold on to it, guys. Hold on to it. And when you feel yourself struggling, pull out those scriptures. Remind yourselves what those scriptures say. Personalize those scriptures. And watch what God will begin to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word, it still produces today. So, Father, I thank you that as I extend my faith and we extend our faith together, Father, I thank you for healing in everybody in this room, Lord God. We thank you for your healing mercies, Lord God, flowing from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Lord, making the crooked places straight, Lord God, and healing everything that's known and unknown in our bodies and in our minds. And Father, we just receive your promise of healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.